0: Hello, I'm Taylor Hollingsworth, and we're at Druid City Brewery in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, This is a song I wrote called Ava.
1: Adored you before your mother had born you. So many things that I got to want. Everything. I never wait a few years to use my formula I tell you all my secrets But don't tell your mom Don't care to comb my hair But still got keys at the company building I tell you all my deepest you swear you won't tell your friends I'm squaring the world out there And on Saturn I'm an alien It's time to carpool you We got to get you to school, yeah Got all the kids all trying to be cool, yeah Not everyone's gonna play by the rules there Some might stab you back you know, They might look nice, but suck like Dracula I tell you all my secrets, but don't tell your mom Don't care to comb my hair, but I still got kids I tell you all my deepest, that's what you won't tell your friends. I'm squaring the world out there, and on Saturn and I'm an alien. plans to know, no plans to make favors. But no way of knowing who you'll need later One day you might wake up and then labor. Ava, she's my little baby. Come on and let Dad play for you. Sing you a song for your lady. And I tell you all my secrets, but don't tell your mom. Don't care to comb my hair, still got keys to the company building. I tell you on my deepest, Swear you won't tell your friends. I'm squaring the world out there, but on Saturn I'm a neighbor.
2: to another episode of Porch Talk. Taylor mentioned we're in the brewing room over at Druid City Brewing. And Taylor was kind enough to give a little bit of his time before his show here tonight. And so, first time I heard Taylor play, it was over at the Sunstroke House in Columbus, and I was just blown away. Him and Brad Armstrong, they shared the set that night. And a big fan of music, especially when it comes from Alabama. And so, tell me a little bit about growing up. From Birmingham? Yep, I am. And so, <clears throat> when did you pick up the guitar? And like, what was the influence behind that? Um,
0: so, um, I was born in 1980, and uh, you know, grew up listening to like mostly stuff that my dad liked—a uh, lot of Tom Petty, a lot of Paul Simon, stuff like that. But being that age right around 92 93 you know the grunge nirvana and all these smashing pumpkins and these band like hard rocking bands uh they slipped into my stream somehow so uh you know i remember burying my self in my headphones with that stuff you know in the and about that time and uh uh, let's see. I got a guitar when I was fourteen, uh, right after my dad had just died. Okay. Uh, I bought this super. Uh, are cuss words okay on the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> before I, <laughs> before I let loose, uh, this super shitty uh, Les Paul rip off from a dude that lived up the street from me. It was like for 50 bucks or something, you know. Yeah. And uh and was like I'm going to learn to play this thing, you know. And uh and fortunately for me, my my dad was a he was a hang glider and the owner of the really cool guitar shop in Birmingham was also a hang glider and he was one of my dad's best friends. Um so, you know, kind of to lift my spirit, me and my brother's spirits. He offered us free guitar lessons. Wow. You know, so he was like, get you know, call my mom and said, you know, we want to take care of, you know, give them guitar lessons, keep, you know, probably keeping our mind off of things and stuff.
2: What did that look like? Was it like classically trained and reading music? Or-
0: no, no. These dudes were like rockers, okay. you know, so yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Cool for a teenager, you oh, know. Yeah. So um I remember I brought that guitar in there and the first lesson the tuner broke off and <laughs> and Don uh the owner of the store he said you know i think he just threw it in the garbage the whole guitar and he went and picked up like a different guitar you know still a cheap guitar but yeah. much nicer you know mm-hmm. like metal real tuners you know yeah. and uh he Getting handed he shit. handed that to the guy that was teaching me the lessons and he said get you know tune this guitar and give this to him and uh so i could actually have a guitar that would stay in tune you know yeah. and uh so yeah he that guy was cool you know i mean we we didn't you know the lessons lasted maybe six months but like you know they were cool like i remember bringing in he said just bring in a cd and play it for me and he could listen to it and learn it and he would show me you know and he would write the tablature out
2: so at Uh, this time it was smashing pumpkins yeah
0: i remember learning chair of rock and uh smells like teen spirit you know stuff like that Uh you know rock bar chord rock chord yeah shit and then uh and he then he taught me the pentatonic scale uh that opened up everything and that opened up a lot yeah and then I got real into blues for some reason real quick um Muddy Waters or no, nothing that cool, you know. More like Jimi Hendrix, and you know. I mean, I'm not saying Jimi Hendrix isn't cool, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't know the real stuff yet. I mean, I got that was much later, uh, you know. But Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. But you know, you I I was quick to pick up on. Oh, these bands all like the blues, so I should learn that, you know. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I learned the the one four five. You know progression, and I had a group of friends, uh, and we all learned that. And we would sit there and just smoke pot and take acid and stuff, and like play every day after school for hours, you know, hours and hours and hours, uh, literally every single day, and just the same one four five over and over again. Yeah, and uh, and that's how I learned to play. I mean, I just. I would fit those scales in on top of the chords, and like I would do a measure, and then the net, and then then I would take the rhythm, and my friend would do the lead. You know, we would just pass it around in circles. Everybody doing the holding down the rhythm together, and one dude doing lead, Mm -hmm. and we would just go in circles. And we never stopped. I mean, we just never stopped. I mean, you know, we might learn a few other kind of songs, but they were all one four fives. You know, and. And that's what I tell people. To that, if you want to learn how to play, that's the way to learn, man. Because like, you you just get it that way. You know, after a little while, it just connects. You know, and you learn it. So yeah, um, yeah. That's.
2: I remember when I was learning. I had a similar guitar teacher like you were talking about. It's just an old rocker. Yeah. And like I had a month of classical training and I hated that, so I quit. Yeah, Then I found him a few years down the road, and, like, right when he taught me the pentatonic scale, it was like everything opened up. Yeah. Uh, That that changed everything, especially, like, where I was at, it's kind of the same time period. Heavy in the blues. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a lot of the roots for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I took – I went to college for one year at Montevallo. um, Okay. And – What was you looking for up there, just – mom you know my mom just really wanted me to go to college so i gave her a year and then i ended up in so many bands i was like mom i'm you know i'm literally driving to birmingham daily to practice in these bands and pretty quickly i got into some very established bands you know yeah let's Um, go let's
2: go over some of that because just some of your history we had dicks teens and uh that's not even the start of it though right
0: no, well, yeah, it started with this band, they were called Flare. I met them, I worked at this little bagel shop, you know, when I was 16, uh, until I was like 19 probably, or 20 or something, um, and these guys, they were a little older than me, and like one of them had like dyed black hair, like super kind of like in his face. And uh, the other dude had this short buzz cut, and they were kind of like they were soup They were like really into the replacements and these kind of punk bands mm-hmm. um, from the eighties, or you know. And they taught me a whole lot about music, and they actually introduced me to Verbena um, and the Dexa Teens. They introduced me to all these cool local bands, and uh, they asked me to join their bands. Um, so i was in their band for a little bit and then their band broke up and then from there that you know one of the guys from verbena came to one of the shows and then he was he was like hey you need to play in my band so then i played in his band called cut grass and that was with matt patton you know and, yeah and uh, this guy zach evans and duquette johnston so um, was this before drive-by Before Matt was in Drive-By, for sure. Yeah, Drive-By existed at this time. Uh, They've been around forever, but... um, This was probably the year 2000. Okay. I was about 20 years old, I think. Maybe 21. It could have been 2001. Um, And immediately, then Verbena... The guy that had this band had been kicked out of Verbena or whatever. Left or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Verbena actually... were kind of stole me (laughs) from him. So then I joined Verbena, which I had to say yes to, because, you know, these guys at the time were on Capitol Records. I mean, they were doing big stuff, you know, in my mind, you know. um, For a young kid from Alabama, you know, I was like, wow, this is crazy. big deal. Yeah, so, you know, they flew me out to Los Angeles, and, you know, you're meeting movie stars and stuff, and you're 21. You know, that's pretty cool. So... Uh, that didn't last long. I, I quit the band... Or I sort of got fired slash quit also. Uh, you know, we had some... We just kind of started to not get along. Basically, once I realized I was just there to, like, fill out their sound, you know. But I was—I had zero creative input at all, you know. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I was starting to gain a little bit of my own head you know like you know i i want to do cool stuff and uh you know i realized like okay you know i get it's not really i I, i've always been very like anti doing something just for the success of it or for how it appears on the outside you know like it looked really big to all my friends and everybody or you know but the truth was, is when I was in that situation, I felt like just a runt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of stopped. I didn't go to these band practices, and then they they got mad that I didn't show up, and that I wasn't kissing ass to be there. Like, I'm lucky to be there, you know, Yeah. which I was, but, you know. So anyway, that ended. Uh, and then the Dexatines asked me to play. Um, and we got along great you know we were fast super fast buddies uh, did you know Brad before that well Brad wasn't in the Dexantines until way later um, at this time the dexantines was Elliot uh, John Smith Matt Patton and sweet dog um, and they brought me in because John was actually about to move um, to Ohio and they were like, this would be a great guy to replace John Smith on guitar. You know, he's this great lead guitar player. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were like, you know, which I was not anywhere close to filling his shoes. That guy's an amazing guitar player. Uh, And certainly at the time I was not on that level, but I was winging it. You know what I mean? I knew the scale, I knew the pentatonic scales, and I knew how to go, you know, and, uh, and and we like we all liked rock and roll and we and we bonded and uh, um. I stayed in that band for a little while. Uh, like I, you know, they took me to overseas for the first time and around the southeast, you know. Um, so I was g- still getting more experience with them and. Uh, Did it feel
2: more successful than the Capitol Records band?
0: no not at the time you know the we were still very small the decks teens but but we did manage to get go overseas which was cool um but you know verbena had a real big push for a little while at that time um but you know so you know being in the decks i mean it was cooler though it felt cooler you mm-hmm. know and, and, and i liked the band more you know like yeah. as far as the music like I loved early Verbena. I was a huge fan as a teenager. But, it, you know, the direction they were going in was not what I was really into. You know, mm-hmm. it was influencing me, but I realized once I started playing with people like the teens that it wasn't where I, my heart was at, you know. Um, so from there, uh, you know, the same kind of thing happened. You know, I was recording my own songs on a four track, and I realized you know, I need to do my own thing, so I actually left the Dexatines to have a solo band, and okay. uh, that was my first kind of solo thing I did, and, and and I ended up doing pretty well, you know, for starting off, you know, young young dude. Um, I did get up, managed to get a, you know, small record deal, but, it, you know, they had money, and I got a booking agent and we tore, you know, we started to tour a lot. Um, so that, you know, that took me up to about 2006 or so. Okay. Uh, now, was
2: that, uh, those that early uh, Taylor work, Did you put it out under your name? The, the first
0: arms? couple ones were, were, the first two things I did were Taylor and the Puffs, but it was still all me recording them. Um, I think Macy at that time did play on a couple tracks, and then uh, when I got signed to that label, they really encouraged me, and, and the manager thought I should be Taylor Hollingsworth just solo, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that way I would be free to sort of, if people drop off or quit, I don't have to start a band over, or change a name, you yes. know, like, and that made a lot of sense to me, because through my time, through those years, I have i had seen so many people fall out of bands or in in my band and and so many times people were like well you got to change the name and and you really can't you know i get that respect or whatever of like well this band had to be these people and you got to change the name if this guy's Mm -hmm. not there but but you really can't build a longevity because at every band there's somebody falling out and quitting or whatever yep. you know like you have to have a name that you can move with through the years you know you really have to yeah i mean if you're a, i get it if you're led zeppelin and you're the same four people for 10 years and you do all this shit together yeah. and then somebody quits sure but if you haven't even put out one record yeah. <laughs> or done anything, yeah. then, you know, I don't yeah. – it doesn't count. Like, you can still use the name yeah. if you're the main songwriter and the one who's doing all the fucking work, yeah. you know. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, anyway, I was like, I'll use my name. There will be no issue. Everybody will know. This is my thing. I'm I'm doing all the work, yeah. you know. I'm trying to take care of everybody the best I can. If people stick with me, I'm gonna show them as much support and give them back what they give me, you know. Um, but you know, I did want to write the songs and I wanted to do the thing. So,
2: yeah. fast forward a little bit, uh, life of a slow ear. So, yeah. what what part in the timeline was that? Is that after
0: uh, a couple of other bands? And- that was after. Uh, so, you know, kind of after all that rock and roll stuff. Um, my whole train slowed well stopped you know i made a weird weird album the label didn't want to put out i told them to take it or leave it they left it the booking agent dropped me because i let go of my record deal Mm -hmm. uh and then connor oberst asked me to play with him uh so that's when i started playing with him and then that was some crazy world touring you know that was some serious stuff so that was you know called Connor Oberst and the Mystic Valley Band and that lasted about two years Um, you know we did everything you could do with that Uh, ended up making a whole nother record you know that ended up being two records and two tours you know so um, that finally came to an end and I was home back you know and I had written these acoustic songs while I'd been touring, mm-hmm. so that was when I was like, All right, I'm gonna make another solo record, you know. Uh, so I went um, to my friends in Athens, Georgia, uh, Andy Lamasters Studio, who I'd met through that whole world. Um, well, I met Andy, a I'd known him a long time at this point, but um, yeah. We made that album. And then Connor, at the time, had part ownership of this record label called Team Love. And he put that record out on his label. Um, so we did minimal touring with that. Uh, not very much. Couldn't get much going with that thing. And then I got married. Uh, well, you know, I, me and my wife, now wife, at the time, girlfriend, we started a band called The Dead Deadfingers. Fingers. Right, right uh and that ended up Bruce Watson and did a record on Fat Possum or his label called Big Legal Mess uh sort of part Fat Possum part Big Legal Mess uh and they put out the first record and then we did a second record with that uh and but right around then we had a baby so we pretty much cut the touring to zilch yeah uh and once I had the baby, I changed my way. You know, I started just playing local, Alabama. You know, around Birmingham. Uh, you know what I used to joke around and say? I called them dad gigs. You know, like yeah. I did all the fun stuff, and now I'm doing dad gigs. Yeah. You know, the 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 guys that I watched when I was a kid, who played around at the bars. Yeah. You know, so uh, I got into playing around at the bars and and
2: a good town to be in like Birmingham I would probably say is probably as far as venues is maybe the biggest place in Bama
0: it is in Alabama yeah it is
2: maybe second would be Mobile or Florence I don't know but uh yeah Saturn and Avondale Brewing. I mean there's tons of oh
0: yeah I've played all all of them
2: (laughs) (laughs) man the the festival you played the, the secret show
0: secret stages yeah yeah
2: Dude, that was insane because uh, Faye Webster, she was at the Sunstroke the, the night after. Uh-huh, she, I saw her set.
0: Yeah. She
2: was She was telling me a little bit about it and I was talking to her uh, still sly guitarist uh-huh. and, Uh and he happened to be a fan of yours.
0: Oh, uh, really? And, uh, he, uh-huh. I was like,
2: did you catch Taylor while you were out there? He's like, Taylor Hollingsworth is out there? Said, yeah. He said, wish I would have known that.
1: Uh-huh. He said, I had
2: no idea. He said, the way it was set up was weird. He said, there were three stages all over the place kind of. Yeah. And he's like, if you were in it, the way it was organized, he said you really didn't, you
0: yeah. didn't have a whole lot
2: of time. It yeah. seemed like he said felt everything was
0: rushed. Yeah, maybe so, and probably more so if you're not from Birmingham. You know, I mean, me being local, I had been seeing the promotion for it for so long yeah. that I knew I knew they were playing, and I went to their show actually. Uh, Faye Webster's show was really great. It was actually pri- it was my it was my favorite show. That I saw at Secret Stages, for sure. Um, And, you know, I'd been hearing all about her, but the show was fucking great. Uh, But anyway, yeah, we we were actually just right across the street from them. (laughs) And, like, we were, like, right after, too. Like, we were in a smaller venue, but we were, like, I want to say 30 minutes after them or something. Yeah. And uh, we closed down, like, the little smaller room over there. Um, But, yeah, we had a great show. A lot of good turnout. It was nice. And so
2: now with the uh, with tap dancing, that latest album, we'll talk a little bit about that.
0: So that's. Um, How you did know, you
2: meet Maria Taylor and Flower Moon?
0: Oh, I've known Maria forever. She's you know her her sis her sister is my wife. Kate Kate's who I did Dead Fingers with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't that's, know they were sisters. Maria Maria's her sister. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, so that's, you know, me and Kate formed our whole relationship on, I used to play in Maria's band, you know, I was played guitar. Ray, Not Ray. her solo tours, uh, back in probably 06, 07, maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe even, I can't, maybe in some 05, you know, time back then was very warped, but, uh. Yeah, like I played guitar on several of her tours, um, and then Kate played keys, and uh, you know we sort of ended up dating through all that over over the years. But uh, um, yeah, Marie and uh, you know that whole crowd. I mean, I've known them since I was twenty, twenty-one. You know, okay. I mean they're all that's a Birmingham crowd, so.
2: Yeah. I noticed that even though it's based out there in California. Well now they live there. Yeah. Yeah, it and, seemed, yeah. Like I look at the people who's recorded there, I was like, they're all Birmingham people for the most part.
0: Yeah, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Lewis Schiffano, he's a Birmingham guy. Yeah. And uh you know, he's got a crazy musical history as far as Birmingham bands. I mean, he was one of the original Rumi Zero members. Uh, he was in Verbena before the very early form of Urbina. Um, you know, and then he did a, his album called Regia, which if you haven't heard that, it's amazing. You know, it came Box out... Outside of the World was the first thing I'd grab out here. Yeah, this came out 20 years ago. You know, yeah. I mean, a long time ago. Uh, great, fantastic record, but even for now... I mean, it still stands, you know. It's yeah. great. Um so, yeah, I mean known all those people forever, you know that's gonna
2: be good. Lewis is going to be on the show, so that's that's a
0: good little is he oh you know, yeah,
2: that's a good little background for him. I, I love basketball I it.
0: love Lewis yeah you know, I told somebody recently I said he's kind of like my weird cousin, <laughs> <laughs> you know and so back back
2: uh back around with dead fingers and so uh, you and Kate started playing is that do y'all still play a little bit out out in Birmingham
0: <sighs> not not much, but I mean we do from time to time. You know, yeah, we'll do a show. I mean, the thing is is we started the band so we could be together more. At the time, I was touring so much before that yeah. that we kept having I kept having to leave her or then she even was doing tours with Maria and she'd leave me. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were just both touring in different bands. Right. And and we were like we need to have our own band so we can tour together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we did it and then we had a kid yeah and then yeah it's kinda you can't automated. do it anymore yeah. one of you's got one be of you got a build. yeah exactly so anyway you know i'm back to making solo records we actually have a dead fingers record all recorded and done it's just sitting there you know yeah we're gonna do something with it one one of these days but
2: and so just back to tap dancing daddy man um uh, I said I, I picked you up when I heard you at uh, at Sunstroke and then a couple months down the road the release for Tap Dance and Daddy's coming out I was like shit this is like Christmas and uh, totally different from previous work that I mean cause you know it's life of a slow ear it was more acoustic yeah and this is this has got a lot more electric guitar man it's a, it's a hell of an album I thoroughly enjoyed the damn thing and even like uh, Hop In and yeah. uh-huh. uh, I'm Still a Kid yeah even
0: those tracks I was like hell yeah yeah. Know, got the kazoo going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's all stuff, you know, I've been kind of tinkering around with and the, doing these bar shows, you know. It's like that's the kind of stuff I've been doing. Like I I still play all originals. I don't think all the places know, you know. Yeah. A lot of them, it's like cover band place. So we'll play three hours, take a break in the middle, yeah. or background music. But I'm just working on the like, originals the whole time, you yeah. know. Uh, so a lot most of those songs are stuff that I've been writing for that yeah Yeah. Um, but yeah you know if you listen to all my old albums to me Tap Dance and Daddy is like a mixture of more current mixed with the old stuff Mm -hmm. because it it is lo-fi you know I I recorded it back at my house again you know I I just like taking my time I don't mind sacrificing a little hi-fi quality, yeah. you know, just, you know, to me, I just, I just well, I, and a lot of, a lot of my friends who I really trust, you know, they've all, over the years, they all tell me that they like my stuff that I do at my house the best. Yeah. Even the lo-fi old stuff, it's always their favorite stuff, you know, and, uh, and I agree with them, you know, yeah. I, I always felt the same way, so, yeah. you know, I, I just finally got to where like, I'm done trying to fucking do the you know I can't I never sell enough records to pay off these budgets for these studios and you know for me it's just like just record shit at my house yeah do it whenever I feel like it in the middle of the night my kids asleep. you know yeah whenever's good yeah whenever you can exactly so that's that's my thing now
2: so I I think you've answered it man I wanted to ask you about the Sun West failure is does that go back to those days of tripping acid and passing that guitar around in the circle
0: it does. Cause yeah, I wanted to ask you about the story behind that because I was like, it felt like a real thing. It does. So, uh, when my dad died, he left me his Westphalia. Um, that was his. That was his vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a 1978 old VW camper van. It had the pop up top and the oh, yeah. sink in it and the stove, mm-hmm. all that shit. It was smashed in the front because right before he died, he got in this wreck, and it sat there and rusted for fucking. The, years you know Mm -hmm. when I was 14 to when I was 16 but when I turned 16 that was my car you know I didn't have another option yeah so uh my uncle came and got it running for me and and I drove that around for that whole year until it just died after a year Props to your uncle, man. They're hard to work on. Yeah, Monson um, has
2: one. When we do the uh, the pop up shows at the art festivals, we'll, yeah, if the if they allow it, we'll do a pop up out of the Westphalia. Yeah, the same setup. It's got the sink. It's got yeah. the pop up roof, and so like immediate connection. When I saw Westphalia,
0: I was like, oh, I know all about this shit. Oh, they're I grew <laughs> up in it, man. My dad, you know, that was what we did. Took the on the hang gliding trips. You know, he'd throw the hang glider on the roof, and we'd take it to the mountain, and then we'd. He'd hang glide and we'd pop the tent. And we'd camp for the whole weekend. You know, when I was a kid, yeah, that's what we did, uh, a lot of weekends. So, um, but yeah, when I was sixteen, we really were selling acid out of that thing. <laughs> me and my, me and my crew, <laughs> me and my dumbass bunch of friends. I uh-huh. can't believe we never. I got arrested once for weed, and uh I can't believe we never got caught with all the shit we had. You right. Know. We were just idiots asking for it. Yeah. I mean, I remember driving around in that thing with literally five sheets of acid and hitting bongs while we are driving. You know, just yeah. idiots. Yeah. You know, just as dumb as you can be. Oh, yeah. I've done it myself, And man. we didn't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't just, matter. We were all just misfits. Every, you know, that whole crew had horrible, you know, their home life was fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we just all clung to each other, you mm-hmm. know yeah and uh it lasted for you know i'm still friends with a lot of those guys actually <laughs> we still
2: keep up and so i guess the story i would ask off of um off of Tad dancing daddy would be uh, i think it would be track one devil and me like uh some of those um you done it on life of a slower as well i want to say it was i didn't know it was the devil yeah yeah and like those two, like that was that was the single that you dropped. Yeah, on Tap Dance and Diddy. But like, yeah, I like those songs. Yeah. yeah. So, or does it, where does it come out of? Is that a blues influence thing, or where does no, it come from?
0: The the devil to me is is honestly it's drugs. You know, it's the it's the desire or the the need for drugs. Um, there was a period in my twenties when I had a bad. You know, I mean, there's been several... I've battled with, you know, not on crazy levels, you know, and a lot of people probably don't know, but um, I've had moments where I've really battled with uh, addictions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, th- I think to me the, the devil is... You know, I'm I'm not a religious person. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in a devil, you know, but... You know, the de- the devil to me is... It's drugs. It's just the... De- it it, it could be anything, but it's your own weakness, or it's your own... The, the little man on your shoulder that, yeah. you know what I mean, telling you to... Giving you that desire to do what you know you shouldn't do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that craving can get really big, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're filling up, you know, holes in your life. You know, and, and you know, when I, I lost my mom not long, you know, 10 years after my dad. And, uh, I, you know, that was when a lot of that music stuff was happening and I was really spinning out. I had a lot of like things going on, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I had a, you know, The Devil and Me actually wrote more about a friend of mine who we both were doing stuff together, we were doing drugs together, but he really had a way worse problem than me He never had anything else in his life, you know, to pull him out or to keep him focused. You know, Mm -hmm. I always had music, you know what I mean? Like when, when I would, I would always be able to pull myself and say, you're taking this too far, you know, and you're not getting what you need to be doing done, you Mm -hmm. know, because, you know, music's work. I mean, you have to work. Yeah. Um, And I always did have a stronger passion to like get the job done, write songs, make the records, then get to play with people. Then and and he had none of that. He just his goal in life was to wake up, score, and that was it. Yeah, every day. You know, and he died, you know. Um and he, you know, I he was actually one of my old friends. You know, we met when we were probably 7 years old and uh you know, he died when I was 31 probably but uh yeah that that song was when I was watching him, you know, kind of go down, but okay uh, yeah, cool man, happier notes,
2: yeah, future of touring <laughs> what's what's that look like? where can people grab you for maybe the
0: remainder of the year if you can give that info um yeah, we got you yeah, know, I'm doing like an acoustic show in oxford, I'm doing uh we got let's see uh obviously tonight you know I'm looking right now at some dates up north uh might try to do like a New York show or um you know maybe some Ohio uh I definitely have a Nashville show coming up at the at D's Country Lounge uh let's see what else do I have um Athens, Georgia uh Atlanta working on an Atlanta show right now um yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment, but, okay. you know, working on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, tough to get out. I mean, I am. It's tough for me to leave my wife with the kid and be like, hey, you got to do everything. Yeah. Because it's hard, yeah. you know, so trying to only do it when it's really worth it, you know. But right. I am trying to also support the record and, and you know. The label's tried really hard to put it out, so I appreciate their work, and I want to do my job, too, so yeah, to get you it know. out. Yeah. Anything else to add or subtract? Man, anything you um, want to touch on? I don't know. You know, just I'm out here. Check it out,
2: and i uh, doing my thing. I'm checking it out for the second time, and it ain't let me down yet, so I I approve that message. Yeah. Well, brother, (laughs) it's been another episode of Porch Talk. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah,
0: man. Thank you.
2: Yeah. News and notes. Just want to thank Bo and all the folks out at Druid City Brewing for hosting and allowing us to record a podcast episode there. And about Druid City, uh, it's a hell of a music venue. They get a lot of good music passing through and... uh, Ain't let me down yet in that regard, and uh, it's goddamn good beer if uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, Lamplighter is uh, usually what I go with. I'm an IPA guy, but that porter is uh, no slouch. That's a two-time award-winning beer, and you can do a half and half with those two, and that'll put you in some kind of a spot. So thank you, Bo, and everybody at Druid City. So after the show, I called Taylor. I noticed that uh, he had brought some of his other work. He had Bad Little Kitty and uh, Taylor and the Puffs. He brought uh, the Dead Finger album. And uh, I've got the dead finger on vinyl, but I didn't have the CD copy of it, so I grabbed that along with uh, Taylor and the Puffs and Bad Little Kitty. And, man, I've been enjoying Bad Little Kitty. If you ain't heard that, and Taylor said on the uh, episode earlier that Tap Dance and Daddy was kind of uh, over the all, it was fairly reflective of all the work that he's done in the past, and uh, he would be the guy to know, and he was right. I've really enjoyed Bad Little Kitty. And so... I'm going to play the title track off of Taylor's latest Tap Dancing and Daddy. And if you're unfamiliar with Flower Moon, Maria Taylor, Louis Schifano, and some of the folks that are out there at Flower Moon, look them up. Uh, they got a lot of great things going on out that way. So we're going to close this thing out with Tap Dancing Daddy. Peace out.